Seekers come in many forms. They are artists, activists, and spiritual explorers looking to dive a little deeper into the pulse of living. In these conversations, we journey through the portals of their winding paths of expression to finding deeper meaning and connection to nature, spirit, and our interconnected existence. Welcome to the Zen Nomad Podcast with your host, Sonia Stenelton. pitch sound who uses his turntables as a musical instrument experimenting with sound visuals and live performance he was the 2018 TD Soundmakers composer in residence and the co-winner of the 2018 CMC Toronto Emerging Composer Award Children has been developing his personal style of composition for 20 years it's released nine studio albums welcome oh thanks for having me um can you share a little bit about your unique style of composition and your approach to turntablism um well maybe i should go back to where it started for me and it was really through hip-hop music, early hip-hop music, I think, like, I would say, like, the 80s, late 80s, 90s, and the culture of, of hip-hop for me, um, I was just, it was just raw at the time, you know, in terms of sampling records and the way the music was being created, uh, the tools that were being used in it, that really caught my, mm-hmm. gave me, like, a spark, really, and before that, it, I really didn't listen to much music, to be honest, you know? It's like, oh, really? it was, I was just sports, okay. you know, playing basketball, day and night, rain or, sh- or shine, and hanging out. It wasn't just like leisurely, like, let's just put on something. Um, until later on, and I think when I saw or heard, I would say, Public Enemy on the radio, and CKLN was a big source in Toronto, CKLN, which is no longer around, but um, they were at Ryerson. Um, and the university radio station? Yeah, and there was a show on there that, um, that really was like, it caught my ear, and I, I, I was tuning in like years after that, but I heard Public Enemy on there, and then from that, um, looking on TV and seeing their DJ Terminator X using a turntable yeah. and just chopping it up like crazy. I think that was my first like, oh, this is really cool. Um, but it took a number of years still until I actually touched one, like a real turntable myself. My mom had an old like three in one set and I would mess around with that, but a real Technique 1200 turntable until later on when I met some friends that had <laughs> turntables but that's a long story but to make it shorter anyways it was like a combination of that and also just being the kid that was just a little bit weird like <laughs> just doing things that not everybody other things you know like yeah I played sports but I was interested in science and 
you know, um, just fantasy and sci-fi and stuff like that. What do you think that was that was triggering that interest that wasn't really mm -hmm. arising in your other friends around you? I was just always a curious kid. Mm -hmm. Always, you know, if somebody said, told me something, I was in a kind of skeptic, you know, or I was always like, let me check that out myself. Right. You know, yeah. from the beginning. So yeah. that just carried on and it just made me get really into things like, you know, Star Trek or like the Twilight Zone and all those kind of shows really got to me because it was about imagination. Yeah. And what could you do? What the possibilities. The infinite possibilities. Infinite possibilities. <laughs> so I was, I think I was always exploring the infinite possibilities and that attached to the music right. somehow like the idea of making music and and really even when i started i wasn't making i wasn't making music i was djing i started off as a dj that interests me at first how long did you dj before you turned into um making music i pro i dj'd for Almost eight years, okay. nine years, like just from the start, just like learning how to scratch. That's where the beginnings were. And then going into learning how to beat match and all these things. But all a total of maybe eight years of doing that. And at the early stage of that, I, I had that thing in my head that I, I you know, collected as, when I was a youth of just being into imagining the greater things and what the possibilities, infinite possibilities. And I was even, when I was DJing, would kind of put that into the concepts too. So this is before producing. I would still try to think of my sets deeper than just, here's this song, here's this song, here. It was more like, what's the story? Mm, yes. Early, even right. with doing DJing. So I would find the right tracks. I would think about finding little, um, you know, little words, little things to throw in. And my mixtapes back then would be these these journeys. Right. You know? And was there a specific artist back then that mm -hmm. you were influenced by in terms of yeah. doing that? In terms of doing that, I would say um, there was there's a couple that come to mind right away. Mr. Dibbs uh -huh. is one who, what sparked my interest with him was um, he was like, he was doing scratching and doing these like, compositions that were choppy like that that would be these weird words from old movies and mm -hmm. things like that but he was also really like his aesthetic was very rock right. punk okay so for me that was cool because i came from seeing turntablism and stuff like that around the hip-hop right. frame you know so it kind of expanded so it expanded the possibility. the possibility it's like oh you don't have to be this you don't have to look and you know when you're young you're trying to find who you are like even mm -hmm. stronger so it's just like mm -hmm. And you don't really have a concept or idea at all. So later on, you develop that. And for me, that moment was just like, oh, it doesn't have to, you know, be this. Sure. And I liked what he was doing with it, how he was chopping up. Kid Koala was another one, too, yeah, who definitely. would create these adventures. And yeah. it was choppy, you know, sampling and, and um, a little more experimental. And maybe I'd say a couple more would be like DJ Shadow. Yeah. And uh, DJ Crush. You know, big influences in terms of seeing the turntable being used different to make a different type of music. Right, right. Um, other than hip hop. Yeah. You know, um, and 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 for me, I just it just the beats made me feel a certain way. The way the samples came in, the scratching, I was heavily into. You know, 
Like I've been scratching for over 20 years yeah. now. Yeah, it shows. And developing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, it's constant development, you know. So, for sure. And I think having from the early stage the thought of trying to go beyond and think differently and, you know, also as a creator, it's like, what are the limits? Are there any limits? Like how to try to make my mind just go out and be brave and not scared of any criticism of any bit, bit but more to try to find myself or an an attachment to the art even clear and defined you know right here's that sound here he comes here's that sound you worked with some really interesting and unusual collaborations for a turntablist to be involved with can you tell us about some of those? Yeah, yeah those, I've, it's been, it's been, I have to keep reminding myself sometimes when I get like down on myself or a little, I don't know, in, in depression state sometimes, I don't know, because you know, we always want more. We always want more and we forget to like look at what we're doing now and what we wanted to do in the past, you know, and where we are. So. It's like, like what I would, you've I would, actually yeah. done. Like looking at your your whole um, uh, history of what you've done and the people you've worked with. It's really incredible. Yeah, and it's vast and and wide in in uh, types of people yeah. and projects. Yeah, and it starts like I said again from it starts from that early age, which is why I'm really into like mentoring and stuff now and. I want to, and have been, just kind of opening the mind up of a child, like just how amazing it is that some of these little moments could change everything. Sure. And it goes back to that whole thing of me now performing in an opera or um, performing with other classical musicians, writing my own, my first piece played by cello, piano, and you know, yeah. the Griffin, yeah, Griffin Trio. That was really interesting. That was called Altered Offering, where yeah. you actually composed the music that they would play with you. Yeah. And it was and upstairs, was, yeah. I mean, on stage, like an orchestra. That was huge. That and was, you're playing the turntable. That that's was huge really for me, yeah. Because that's unique. a dream. Because that's a dream. That's like, wow, I did think about that. I did actually mm. think about and, and wrote that down on a paper yeah. years ago. And then that happened 2018, you know. So that was, yeah, really special and a fun experience. But it just goes with, I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg, like just doing, you know, live scores. What about, scores or, yeah. It's just about just trying to. You also worked with like um, a orchestra that was experimental sound but it was all traditional orchestra instruments mm -hmm. that do experimental sound and and uh was it steven steve reich who composed it or is, am i blending oh. two different things together right i now? mean i did do something with steve steve reich maybe it's um yeah i don't <laughs> there's just been so many things where i've uh, collaborated and improvised with other you musicians. were on stage and it was set up like a complete 
orchestra. Oh yeah. Like a huge oh. orchestra with all these different classical yeah, instruments. Um, and then you were playing turntables while the conductor was conducting Adam everyone Rudolph. To play. I think it was Adam Rudolph. Uh, he's a composer. I hope I'm not messing this up off of memory. Um, but he was a composer that goes around to different cities yeah. and puts together these large ensembles. And that one was, um, I forget the name, but it was at the Music Gallery yeah. in Toronto. Yeah. And um, that was all based on a, a certain way that he composes and conducts. Right. So we had to learn hand signals and things like that. And it was a giant sort of improv piece with directions that we've learned just based on hand signals. And things. Wow. So that was very cool. That, yeah. that was really cool just to see you up there as an instrument with all these other yeah. instruments that are considered very classical. Yeah. And you using your turntable and really showing people that this is actually an instrument yeah. beyond just playing records of people's music. Um, and you know what helps that like to be like it's it's that all comes back from DJing all that because when I'm DJing you know one of the things you learn early and obviously it develops and I, I just love like d development is like my favorite word I don't know because I just think of how you can take an idea a small idea and yeah. it just keeps on growing and growing and growing and it, it on so many strands right it's like your mind is growing your your skills on how you use your hands is growing your knowledge of this thing is growing your like all these things are just all moving and a lot of it you don't think about as much but djing you learn about sounds tones mm -hmm. what what sounds good together vibrating together and what sounds bad right so this is not from like school this is not no. from musical training and stuff it's just sort of over time and like almost common sense or feeling right I say just feeling Right. That doesn't feel right. That feels right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you can tell when something's in key and not. Like right. it's just from that constant listening. So now to be able to play with other musicians and add my stuff, scratching helped with that as well. Sure. Because you learn how to place sounds in little areas within beats, you know? So you're just finding all these places that work and creating grooves and all this stuff. But it just takes time to be fluent in it, you know? Like I would compare it to like how wind is. And that's what I, I love about wind. Mm -hmm. And I have to say butterflies. Yeah. The combination of the two is how I think about scratching and music. Wow. So, because when you look, you can, you can be on a windy day. Yeah. And you look at a butterfly yeah. and it's in absolute control. It's not like you think, you know, it's, it's breezy and you're like, that wind, how could that little light thing right. navigate? Right. But it can go any direction it wants. Right. In the wind, you know, right, and right. land on a, a, a branch, like, boom. <laughs> it's crazy. So that's how I look at, like, getting to that level where music, you don't think about it so much. You know? Yeah. You just maneuver right. with whatever is sound. It doesn't matter what instrument it is. If I close my eyes, it's just the sound. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. The leaves falling outside, the rain, that's just like a musical instrument, too. It's a sound. Right. Right? So it's more being open to that, uh -huh. which is, I don't use genre. Right. Like, I don't like to think of that, like naming things. Pigeonhole. Yeah, into. because when, when you're creating, that just stifles things for me. For sure. For me. Maybe some, you can choose to work on a particular thing. Yeah. But for me, 
I'm choosing to just take it from a different place of just like feel it, like let it come to me. Right. And then start to feed that and see what it needs <laughs> rather than go in like, this is going to be this thing. Like, yeah, you know, it's harder for me to do that. Right. Do you find in like all your shows and albums that you've done, uh, do you find, is there any kind of underlying uh, theme or element that you're trying to express or yep. um, what would that be? Yeah, well, what, what I've been using now, like actually, and it kind of came up as like a, oh, Eureka in a way, but dystopian sci-fi and environmental awareness is kind of like cool so explain <laughs> explain a little bit about um what that means to you it's just you know it's it's um it's having a vision it's like the dystopian sci-fi is just like i i look i look at current issues and current things and i kind of show a <laughs> for some it might be dark but a grim almost future you know right. so my dystopian sci-fi is usually what the world would be like if we don't take care of it right you know so my songs have a bit of an airiness a bit of a dusty right. it feels like sci-fi it feels future in a way um but it's that kind of thing it's like just putting forward like here's what a place would be like if we keep polluting and doing all this stuff now every everyone's gone and the earth is now just going to regenerate without us because we've you know right effed it up <laughs> get all wild on its own yeah <laughs> take over yes take things back over yeah so my sounds would be like what would that look like my soundtrack would be for that place right you know um and then um so that's like the, the sci-fi kind of world and this kind of weird look at or view of the future um and then just environmental awareness is just because yeah it's kind of attached to that where you know it's important. It's important. And, you know, right now being doing music, being around music for as long as I have, um, things change, you know, feelings change, just like everyone, you grow up, you know, you're once a teenager, you look back and you're just like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. You know, <laughs> but it's part of growth. And the same thing I can say for music and making music, right? When you start, it's more about you're trying to be good at that very specific thing. So it's very inward. Yeah, you know, it was maybe more in. technical. Yeah, now... it's like I gotta get quick. I gotta do this. I gotta this, and sure. this looks cool, and people can see me do this. Yeah, and, and you've got all the technical mm -hmm. down now, and now, I would, I would say like knowing you, and seeing like when you go down like kind of creative curiosity wormholes that don't necessarily have to do with the music yet, but that you bring into the music. Um, like videos about how ants are living or uh, having a snail farm <laughs> or like those things. Tell me about a few of those things and what, what about it kind of catches you to go in and, and observe those non-human creatures or beings and how they are um, operating together or uh, living life together in their environments. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, I think nature and just, yeah, nature and the earth is much more, it's amazing than superficial things. Like, it's just, that's why those things, for me, it's just, I'm so fascinated by certain things. You know, my friends would laugh at this, but like, yeah, I'm chicken of inse some insects, right? Like, <laughs> but I do at the same time, they blow my mind and I can watch something about them all day long, you know? Right. Like so fascinated with, with all these kind of life forms. And, and that's what really inspires me. And it also is something that I want other people to see and get inspired by and maybe take it in from a different, a different angle. show alternate forest is incredible celebration of nature and super beautiful uh, will you share how your kind of pa your pathway to being inspired to put that together and uh, I don't know yeah I think I think that's it's it's the feeling for me, it, it is bringing, bringing something that I love very much closer to uh, others maybe who, who can't get to that opportunity of like being in the woods or something. The feeling that you get out there, you know, uh, of just the wonder and just like amazement. And there's, you see life just going everywhere and the smells and the, you know, there's the trees, you know, and then when you start doing a little more research and, you know, finding out the trees talk and they communicate, and you start to research that deeper and then you're like, you, you can really understand it clearer and it's, it's for real, like they yeah. can, you know, and then you go deeper to like fungi and it's how that's like the, the most amazing life form, not just on earth, but in the in the universe yeah you know and it can it can control pe people and the real interweb it, yeah it's <laughs> it's just amazing how it even affects us too yeah um i wanted to make something that was it had a, some level of fantasy in it too and and which like fantasy and and just this like it almost feels like surreal sometimes being out in the forest. So I want to bring that into a performance that's a um, multi-sensory performance. It involves um, live composition, dance, and live um, cinema as well too. So visual projections were being manipulated by Aaron Dawson, uh, Libido, who's a longtime collaborator, uh, amazing dancer who I met many years ago. And we continue to do shows um, often uh, he was doing um, choreography for the show I just wanted to to bring the outdoor inside and in, in and and I created something that where it throughout the show you're inspired and it's just amazing and then at the end I wanted to really drive the message which was the whole point of making this piece was to bring awareness to deforestation mm -hmm. so it was a bit of like that, like, here's the beauty. Here's some amazing looks at things. Combining that with my, my performance art. And, 
at the end really saying, see all this magic? Yeah. <laughs> this is the reality now of what is happening on Earth. Yeah. And, and just put that message out there. Yeah, it's so beautiful because I think sometimes if people um, are not mindfully going into a forest, they're maybe going out for a hike or a walk and running quickly through it and not really taking time with the, the whole like underworld and inner world and vibrational world that's happening in the forest if you if you move really slowly through it or spend a lot of time sitting in certain areas and you start it starts to reveal itself in so many layers and your show uh, really showed the magic of those layers and it was so appropriate for all age groups like it would be wonderful for children to see and it's amazing and fascinating and beautiful for adults to see um, and the visuals even got like pretty psychedelic yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty mushroomy <laughs> um, so like the vibrational frequency that is kind of happening in that underworld or not necessarily all under but under and over mm -hmm. the natural world um, yeah, yeah, it's a really beautiful show, and I understand you're hoping to take it on tour to Europe soon. Yeah, yeah, we want to take it on, and I didn't mention too, just real quick before I get into this part, but like, the sounds, like, going to the sounds of it, I wanted to capture what that would feel like, so it was important for me to have bass in there, yeah. which I mentioned, and all the range of frequency, because uh -huh. I wanted to have the rumble of the earth and right. the you know the flapping of bird wings, and you can feel yeah. the flap, you know. And you the sounds the were crickets. recorded, yeah, they were recorded um, from sites around Ontario. Yeah, um, most of the sounds that we used. Um, as far as going to to Europe and and beyond, um, yes, I would like this to travel yeah um because it, it's something that i think more people definitely need to see yeah on, on so you. many levels uh -huh. yeah and not just like artistically yeah um where i'm at right now where my vision has brought me but message wise is important right now yeah you know it's the planet we live on yeah right and no matter what no matter how successful you are no matter how much money you have, if if there's no earth, <laughs> like what's the point? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's I think everything is kind of backwards right now. Yeah, and I you really know? I really appreciate that you're doing it in such a creative and inspiring way, and I think that's really why you I wanted to interview you for this mm -hmm. podcast is because that's what I'm hoping to fill this podcast up with is people like you who have really unique approaches to being uh, mindfully connected to the earth and inspiring people in really uh, unique ways to touch in. And I think we, we all need those touch points coming from so many different directions, whether it's through awareness of activism, that's just straight up protest or whether it's through more subtle 
acts of creative activism or creative awareness or creative inspiration or mindful meditation and engagement and nonviolent engagement and learning how to be in co-creative engagement, all of those contribute to a really holistic way that we can plug into the reality of where we are in space and time and really start to shift mindsets and yeah so I definitely appreciate the beautiful and creative and invitational way that your show is set up to really invite these sparks of inspiration in people. Um, how, um, how do you see mindfulness showing up in your life and your work? I mean, I guess we've kind of talked about it, mm -hmm. but maybe. My purpose in making music now, you know, that's, that's transformed. It is, it is about thinking about the surrounding and it's bringing me closer because it, I'm researching mm -hmm. uh, things that I you know, haven't before, learning new things mm -hmm. from, from putting myself in there. Right. And um, yeah, I guess, I guess that's a, a big part of it there. Just kind of like having it in my music is making me more aware of it. It's making me think of just like uh, you know, the things I do and how could I contribute in other ways, you know, to making it a better place. We were talking before, like, before today, <laughs> yeah. a while ago, about um, sound and the imagination. Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, will you go a little bit into that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was talking, I think it was because it was a project I was working. I was doing my first, actually, um, installation piece mm -hmm. for a project. Um, it was called Resonant, Resonant Bodies right. by Constellations. It's a, a, a podcast. And um, they did a show at the well, the Toronto um, Media Arts Center. Um, and I was doing a piece about how sound um, sight isolates and sound incorporates. And, uh, you know, thinking about that, and at the, I was conceptualizing at the time, probably that's why I was talking about it so much. And it was... Um, how our imagination is sparked by the sounds we hear, you yes. know, uh, or can be. Um, more, more so than when you just see something. You know, if you see something, boom, there it is. You got that image. It's like that. Um, but when you close your eyes and you just listen, the sound's coming from all different directions. And then it forces your imagination now, right? And especially when the sound is, is transformed a bit. So with my music, one of the key things, obviously by my name, Slow Pit Sound, <laughs> I love slowing down things. It, it really changes the dynamic of that sound and you hear different things. And it allows you now, so it's like, it's taking something you're familiar with, the sound of, I don't know, rain, 
And if you change that, slow it down, all of a sudden now you're forced to like, oh, that's not, it doesn't quite sound like rain. It sounds like this other thing. You start hearing new things and your imagination is just kind of tweaked. So my music has a lot of these, you know, a lot of slowed down, weird, tripped out. And then you add the scratching to it and it's all of a sudden, you know, your mind is just kind of like, you know, it's not the same all the time because you're being surprised around every corner sort of thing. So that's what I was thinking. I was yeah, talking about and the sound I, that just was sparks awesome. the imagination. So if sound, and it does obviously, spark the imagination, what do you think the effect would be if you took two different sets of sound? Like if you took someone and it was all very like city sounds mm -hmm. and man-made sounds mm -hmm. and like cars and buildings and construction and lights and mm -hmm. horns and like concrete, people walking on concrete. Mm -hmm. And then you took like a soundscape that was all made up of natural sounds and both of them modified with like your changing of pitch and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think the effect would be on someone's imagination? Would their, yeah. Mm -hmm. would, would those two sounds? Like, Not, yeah. separately. Like, separately, would yeah. one cause, like, um, a different feeling or vibration oh, yeah. and, and track of imagination mm -hmm. in someone? And would the other... Mm -hmm. uh, do something else they would yeah they would both do something different i mean i think what i didn't add was like with the sounds not only do you know obviously visuals can spark imagination smells could spark the imagination but sounds also when they are bent and transformed do something really different you know so if i'm just playing a collection of city city things there's going to be this level of trauma for some people, because yeah. city noises, you know what I mean? It's like, you hear construction, you're just like, ugh, just kind of. So no matter what you play that, you're going to get, some people will react with a feeling of just like, ugh, I just want to get out of here. More contracted, yeah. And then you play nature, and it's just like, you just want to take your clothes off and just yeah. like lay down <laughs> in the grass. It just, it gives you a different feeling, you know? Yeah. Um, but if, if I took the construction sounds, uh -huh. and then I, I, I stretched out, the construction sound and played it backwards, you know, and maybe took out a frequency in there. That's the more harmful one. All of a sudden you'd be like, oh, it sounds like the breeze blowing over a hill. Like, you know, like oh, really? wow. it can change the okay. sound because I'm stretching out that, okay. you know, yeah. whatever it is that's loud and annoying. And then I'm pulling down a frequency that maybe is the harsh one. Mm -hmm. Right. So if, if it's like a frequency in the mid range, I would pull that down so you're just hearing a bit of the low bass mm -hmm. and maybe something from the high end. Mm -hmm. And that can change now when it's layered with these other things that are happening. The people walking now, change that. Right. And now you're getting a different sound that allows you to maybe be like, wait, it doesn't quite sound like nature and it doesn't quite sound like city. These are new sounds, mm. you know? So now your imagination has to be like, what could those sounds be? Now you're going into the sci-fi. <laughs> and then you go there. Yeah. So that's what I mean, that's where I mean where it okay. kind of forces your head to be like, I'm not familiar with those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Are there any artists or, um, yeah, any artists or people that you would love to collaborate with in the future that you would be like your dream to do some kind of collaboration with or work with? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's going to be one of my toughest questions right there. One, because names I, I'm not good with at all. Right. But if I were to tell you genre-wise, uh -huh. I would love to do uh, some film work. Uh -huh. um, I would love to work with dance more as well, too. So having you know large companies do oh, uh, pieces with... Yeah, that know, would be such a beautiful blend. Um, yeah, those, those would be the collaborations. I'm, I'm so open to whoever is brave enough to, to step, step with me. Forward. Yeah, you know, because there's no limits really. It's like art, art is one of those things where it can just, it can really work together as long as everyone's willing yeah. to try, yep. you know, and comp have compromises and whatever. And is there anything that you would like to add for people? Well, I want to say like, yeah, just um, spend some time in nature for sure. Try to take breaks out. It, it, it really helps with thinking and grounding yourself. Um, I keep my site nicely updated. So <laughs> all the information of shows I've done, um, just my views on things. I've got video work up there, um, songs. Everything is on my site. Um, which is? Which is slowpitchsound.com. Um, and I'm also on social media. I'm, I'm out there, you know. It's, I'm, I'm out there trying to do the social media thing. But for the most part, I'm trying to work and just make, just make, just be a creator. Yeah. You know, I just want to create and, and hopefully help, help some, some people who end up discovering my work. Yes. And, and that's really all my focus. It's not about a number. It's not about how much things. I think for me, it's more about experiences. I would like to uh, do some traveling a little more and, and just see what else is out there and see how I can help other people. And also see how I can get my work even closer to environmental causes and Mm, and things like that like yeah. that's that's really where my head is at right now so if anybody can help with that <laughs> you know and you know if you have some connections on that front or you yourself or you know someone who's really trying to like think outside the, the box and 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 um you know push for things that are important then you know where to reach me <laughs> yes. so yeah and, I oh and lastly i want to say Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate you. This You're is welcome. great. Thank you. I appreciate you. Yeah, this is really awesome. Yeah. And I'm so happy to be able to talk to you about, you know, my, my work. Yeah, I love hearing about it. And I love having this opportunity to share it with other people. Um, if you have a chance, go out and see um, children's shows. Check out his work online. He's really incredible diverse interesting uh and dynamic artists so thank you Chow. thank you <laughs>